0: welcome welcome to you're listening to lift your spirits with dina marie every friday here on 1150 am kknw i'll be introducing you to fascinating people Fun places to visit and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Uh, just hearing that song today, I almost cried, Nate. I'm so oh, proud too. of that song. <laughs> I really am.
1: And it's no stranger to me because last time I filled into your show, we had the acoustic version of it from Coming Back Again.
0: And we were just kind of getting started and we we're uh, finishing the album and it is uh, going to be at my house today. Woohoo! <laughs> the actual I'm so excited. album. And we had Global Warning in the studio with us. Do you remember that? Global it, Warning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember them. And you mentioned you were a DJ.
1: Somewhat. I play keyboards. I used to be a DJ at KUGS, a college university station at Western. And so I did that for about maybe two and a half years doing a DJ there. And I also play keyboards in a band and do live sound. So lots of sound work behind my experience.
0: And and one day you took an album off the wall, a Screaming Trees album.
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of the song, though. Uh, I Don't quite remember. Oh, Bed of Roses—that's what it was. Oh wow, that's the one I always played.
0: And I so, think that was
1: the only one on it too, because it was their single album. So, so it's like the only song I could play. Awesome, but it was a great one.
0: Yay. Played it almost every week. Well, Van has uh, come a long way, uh, and we uh, started writing this maybe three years ago—the the, the, the lyrics—and <laughs> it's because he kind of had writer's block in his prescription. With my healing work, was for him to write songs again. Mm-hmm. And who knew that I would co-write. An album with them. Yeah, who knew? (laughs) (laughs) No idea. And and, uh, the actual album has come back again. You can go to dina-marie.com if you want to check that out. We have the CD coming today, and we'll be doing some shows. But uh, yeah, uh, Legacy of Green, and we'll be playing that throughout the show, is about our Earth and getting back to nature and how we've maybe gone too far in the wrong direction about the money and the gold and the things that weigh us down, the stuff. And maybe we need to get back to Mother Nature and our our health and our physical selves.
1: I think we should, because Earth Day that's on Monday, April 22nd, so we're almost there, and it's time.
0: Legacy of Green, and guess what I have for you—a download card for Mister. Connor. <laughs> Nate's filling in for Benny, so I was kind of excited to give you that. And here we go. We're going to start this show with the fact that I do do healing work, and my my goal is to get people back to Mother Nature, back to the things they enjoy, back to their purpose and their passion, and. Uh, Two years ago, I can't believe how time flies. I was doing healing work in Kauai at Dolphin Touch Wellness Center, and uh, a woman walked in, a beautiful woman, Dawn McDaniels, and we basically did healing work together. She took my classes and she told me her story. And uh, I watched her on Facebook, and, and she was on the show when I got back and told her story. You can go to the archives for that. But she said, You need to. Um, connect with this person on Facebook, and um, it was Angie Peacock. And joining us this morning is Angie. Good morning, Angie. Good morning. So I do uh, stories on fascinating people. I've been watching you on Facebook, and you are an amazing woman. And uh, instead of me telling the story about you, I'd like you to tell our listeners about you. So um,
2: I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I joined the Army when I was 18, and I took off. And I went to see the world. And while I was gone, I had a series of trauma. It started with uh, sexual assault when I was in South Korea by a fellow uh, soldier who was a little bit higher-ranking than me. And then I kind of, like, coped with that by, like, throwing myself into work. And, you know, some friends helped me out. And then I re-enlisted for Germany and got promoted to sergeant. So I tried to, like, do my best to move on with my life, you know. And then I get to Germany, and about a year and a half later, um, we got deployed to Iraq, which I was completely prepared for. I trained for that, my, you know, the last six years or so in the Army. So we get to Iraq, and within, like, 30 days, I very quickly dropped down to 100 pounds. Uh, I, like, cheekbones, everything. I was just, like, really sickly looking. I had spurs and fainting and high blood pressure, all kinds of crazy stuff was happening to me. I didn't know what it was because there was no medical treatment available that early in the war. So this was 2003. So um, I, was, I was able to manage for about six months doing convoys, you know, driving through Baghdad. There was IEDs all over the place, all kinds of danger, like, everywhere. So I, I kind of, like, realized, like, I'm going to die in Iraq, either from this disease that I have or it's from, you know, it's going to be from getting shot at or hitting an IED or something. So we had a change of command where we got a new commander, and she took one look at me and said, like, you did not look good. You need to get medical treatment, and I'm like, yeah, I know. So they sent me uh, medically evacuated out to Germany, and when I got back to Germany the very next day, I got word that our convoy got hit, so it was like, you know, our number was finally up, and my soldier came back on a stretcher, one of my soldiers, and, um, was in surgery and they said I couldn't see him for like 24 hours. So I came back to see him. He started telling me his story about basically they hit an ID and everybody was just kind of standing around and like nobody knew what to do. And he was just sitting there bleeding and he was terrified. And then it like took them a couple minutes before they realized, like, oh, somebody is actually injured. So I just started feeling like this overwhelming guilt feeling, like, oh my God, if I was that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have driven down that street, you know. And I just like, I just like hit some kind of breaking point where, like, I just could not handle any more, anything more that was such bad news, you know? So I looked down, I looked um, in the hallway. I said, hey, I need to go. Like, I just needed to, like, get out of there and, like, gather myself. And I walked down the hallway, and I saw a sign that said psychiatry, and I thought, well, let me just go there and ask for help because that's kind of, like, what we're told to do, you know? And when I got there, I was given a prescription for a benzodiazepine and clonopin. pretty common. Um, and of course, the doctor was wearing a uniform, so I didn't, you know, I didn't think to question. I'm just like, okay, I just need to feel better. Like, I need help. Like, I can't feel all these emotions like by myself. So, um, so that began like a series of medications to the point that in 2006, not not only like two years later, I was on a combination of 17 medications at the same time. Um, I didn't like. I was so out of it. I didn't leave my house for like four years. I lost my marriage because of that. Um, I got addicted to opiate painkillers like you hear about now, but, like, this happened to me, like, 10 years ago, you know? So, finally, in 2006, I just was, like, I don't know who I am anymore. Like, I feel crazy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I went to, um, I found a new psychiatrist, thank God, and I had just basically made up my mind, like, I'm just going to jump from the tallest building in St. Louis. Like, this is over. I cannot live one more day like this. And I met a doctor, and he said, who put you on all this medication? And I said, well, it was a combination of, like, civilian doctors and the VA. And he said, um, I'm taking you off. Can you, if I check you in
0: tomorrow, will
2: you take a bed? And I said, yes. So he checked me in. It took me off about 10 of the drugs, left me on, like, seven. Um, I That day, I made up my mind to quit everything. I quit alcohol. I quit everything, opiates, anything. I just wanted to, like, be a clean mind. So I stayed on some of the drugs that they were prescribing me uh, antidepressants and stuff like that, sleep meds. Um, And Then a couple years later, I still did not feel good. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what are my feelings anymore? Like, I just feel crappy all the time. I feel tired. I don't leave my house. I don't have any motivation. I remember telling the doctor, like, I don't feel any good feelings. Like, I don't know what gratitude feels like being happy. I only know, like, anxiety and depression. So basically, I just said, I just want to get off of everything. Can I just go one at a time and go really slow and see what happens? So I I don't even think I really knew, like, the power of that decision. But basically, it took me, like, six more years, finally, to get, like, off of everything. But the last drug was almost the same as the first drug. It was a benzodiazepine, and it was named lorazepam, or the other name is Ativan. And let me tell you that it almost killed me. And basically, as they tapered lower and lower, I got more and more symptomatic, and my doctor basically said, like, oh, well, your PTSD is getting worse, and I, like, didn't really know what that meant. And I'm like, okay, so then he said, come back in a month, and then I'd come back in a month, and I'm like, listen, now I have intrusive thoughts, and then he's like, okay, well, come back in another month, and I'm like, okay, now I have suicidal thoughts, and then he's like, come back in two weeks, and I'm like, I don't think you get it, like, I don't think I'm going to make it two weeks. Like, it's really strong, and it's scary, and it's terrifying, and I don't something is happening to me. It's like something broke inside of my body. So, but I, like I said, I didn't know it was the drug doing that. Like, as I was tapering, I had no idea. So I checked in. Basically, I just thought, like, I'm going to kill myself. This is not, this is not good. So I checked myself in to um, the doctors. you know, like the VA facility. I said, just take me off this drug. Obviously, it's not working because I wouldn't be suicidal if it was working, you know. So they took me off, which was, like, probably... I mean, now I think, like, it probably saved my life, but it took me off full turkey, which you're not supposed to do with the benzodiazepines. So basically, like, fried my nervous system completely. I had the worst withdrawal syndrome. Like, I can't even put into words the horrific suffering that I experienced for the next 18 months to two years. I'm I'm now 3.5 years away from that last dose, and I still have, like, neurological and vision problems, and my body just doesn't regulate stress correctly. I don't know. So, anyway, through this process, I just, like, started to, like, really critically think about, like, what happened to me. Like, why was I so bad all those years? Was it really PTSD, like, and depression and anxiety and all these things? Or was it, like, a combination of, yes, I had trauma, but, like, all these drug side effects and then more drugs to cover up side effects? And, like, what happened to my brain? Because I am not the same person that I was, like, when I started this whole getting help thing, you know? So... Basically, now, um, let me speed up, I guess, catch up. So, there's a lot of good things that happened, too, during those years. You know, um, I did get involved in Wounded Warrior Project and did a lot of peer support, did a lot of programs that were, like, outside of, you know, medicine. So, I did, like, equine therapy, service talk. Um, I went back to college. Doctors told me I would never make it in college, and I basically had to beg. And then, like, two years, they put me in an independent living program, so, like, you're not well enough to go to school. And then I finally got... I finally was able to go to school, but I could only handle like part time. And I'm happy to say that in 30 days, after being in school for almost nine years trying to get my degree, but I will finish with 4.0. Hopefully, fingers crossed from um, master's in social work program at Washington University of St. Louis.
0: And, and so, can yes, I t- the- can I tell you, Angie, the yeah. the blessing? And because I've been watching this for four years, on the same, not I've been watching someone else go through this. It's I call it it's it's schooling. Right. And, and and the fact that you're coming to a point where you are out there teaching and, and telling your story to me, that's just that's if there is a blessing. But it's an amazing yeah. just talking with you the last two times on the phone. You have helped me. It's an understanding, you know, and so I, I am just so um, blessed that we were connected. I'm so happy to have you on the show and you're just doing, I mean, I, you know, I've been watching. I watch people. That's what I do. I, I have to thank Facebook because I also connected to someone else on your page yesterday. I love people telling their stories of of, of this, this thing we're all going through. People have all kinds of pain and tragedy and, and, and things going on. But when we can actually work together and help one another through this, that's the human experience, I believe, in, in its best, and at, at its best. Totally, totally.
2: And, you know, to tell you the truth, like, <clears throat> getting through all those years of, tapering and through the withdrawal syndrome like I would not be alive without other people helping me that were like a little bit ahead of me that had been through the process themselves like my help wasn't coming from doctors that understood this it was definitely from like human beings that have been through immense suffering and who understood like where I was coming from and didn't judge me for any of that you know so I don't think we do any of this alone for any means
0: and you're you're at this point where you had a big was it two days ago you had a yeah I had a big event how did that so go it was, it
2: was amazing. Oh, my gosh. So two days ago, I did a fellowship with uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars, Student Veterans of America, so VFW SBA. Um, we went to D.C. We picked policy area. So I picked benzodiazepines, of course, because that's, like, what almost killed me, you know, most recently. And um, so I did, like, a policy focus on that. I did a bunch of research. We lobbied members of Congress. I had a lot of handouts. I stopped by all these, you know, legislators' offices. And pitched it and media, all kinds of things. It was very in depth. So one of one part of my semester long focus was to do an outreach event. So I did an event on Wednesday night, and I had about twenty people there. Some were college students. Uh, one was studying military policy, and then half of the room was military veterans. So I just kind of told my story. I I uh, pre- pre- presented the research about benzos, like how they increase the risk of suicide for veterans double almost like two and a half times if you've ever had benzo exposure i talked about um, falls and cognitive decline and um you know that they shouldn't be prescribed longer than two to four weeks in some cases like i was prescribed them for six years which is like against the fda recommendations so um I so anyway i just pitched everything i told every, you know told my story and i was really vulnerable and it's really the first time i've ever told it like from start to finish like in a public setting and i was sweating like you wouldn't believe (laughs) like just so nervous but uh what the magic thing that happened was like I just told my story and then I kind of opened the floor and said like there's the research there's my story what do you guys think of what I had to say or what are your experiences within the mental health system and VA and tell me like about what has helped and what has not helped and like they were I I was shocked at like the stories I heard and just like you know I don't want to go to the doctor because if I tell them that I'm experiencing suicide they're gonna put me in a hospital. You know, every time I go to them, all they do is throw pills at me, and then if I say I don't want pills, then I feel like my benefits are being threatened. So just all these, like, radical things where, you know, people critically thinking about what to help me, what should I expect when I ask for help, like, what, um, what expectations do I have for a doctor to help me, like, what does work. So a lot of people really like therapy, but... And they like to talk about things somebody from the outside, and they like the equine therapy and the horses and, the, you know, all these other things that, that supplement traditional care. But, you know, we, we do have a suicide crisis in the VA right now where there's 20 veterans per day that, have, that are killing themselves. And it, just in the last, like, week, there were three suicides in two different states. So it's like it's like there's this emergency situation happening but like we don't know how to fix it so really it was just to get everybody together in a room and say like help like what do we do what works what doesn't work how can we help this from happening, like we're losing more veterans than we did in combat. This is horrible.
0: And and in my healing work, and that's why Van and I wrote this album, because it was healing. We were express, expressing and like I told you, some of the songs aren't they're not uplifting, but you know what, that's what, what we were feeling or we were going through and and when we come back from break, I want to talk about some things that worked for you and I know worked for some other people that I've worked with in my healing work. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
3: I still if I
0: All all the gold that weighs me down aloha join me dina marie on the island of Kauai. let me be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul you'll receive daily healing sessions and experience fun interactive outings to some of my favorite places sacred sites secluded beaches and sunrises that will lift your spirits Go beyond the tourist spots, meet fascinating locals, and leave with amazing memories. Retreats are based on your schedule and budget. For more information, visit LiftYourSpiritsWithDinaMarie.com. Are you tired of the cold? Can't seem to get warm? Do you suffer from body aches, insomnia, or stress? Looking for relief? Why not experience the amazing health benefits of the Amethyst Crystal Biomet? The Biomat is an FDA class two medical device. It uses NASA technology and produces the health benefits of far infrared and negative ions. The soothing and warming effect of the Biomat penetrates six to eight inches into the body and the healing benefits are amazing. For more information, visit DolphinBioMat.com or call us at 808-822-4414 today.
3: Elder Bay Grocery has been locally owned and operated by the same family for over 25 years. They're located at the south end of Camano Island at the intersection of Mountain View and Elder Bay Road and is less than two miles away from the Kamano Island and Kama Beach State Parks. Kara's Kitchen at Elger Bay Grocery offers burgers, soups, sub-sandwiches, pizza, homemade baked goods, and free Wi-Fi for customers to stay connected while enjoying their affordable and family-friendly dining. Stop by to refuel the car or even treat the kids to a hand-scooped ice cream cone. For more information, visit elderbaygrocery.com. That's E-L-G-E-R Bay grocery.com Or like Elder Bay Grocery on Facebook. It's always a great day at Elder Bay. And don't forget to stop in for the 21st Annual Camino Island Studio Tour, Mother's Day Weekend, May 10th, 11th, and 12th. Art lives on Camino Island. Get inspired by the art and be amazed by the nature. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you.
0: Welcome back, and thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I'm really excited to have Angie Peacock on the phone with us. She's telling her story. And at this point, there's some things that work for Angie, and I want her to share those those uh, the things that helped her heal. Angie, you want to share that part of the story? So the first thing
2: I started with was equine therapy, which is horses. And, uh, you know, we would just do groundwork, walk around with the horses. I, would, I learned how to bathe them, and then we started riding, and then we would trail ride. And then I would do yoga on the horse, which is, like, pretty scary. Like, you're standing on a 1,500-pound horse with nothing to hold on to, you know? Wow. So just things like that. And really, that was my first introduction to, like, wow, civilian people care about me. They're not asking me what's wrong with me. Um, It wasn't, like, focused on my symptoms. It was just, like, come out, ride, and have a good time and be outside in the fresh air, you know? So then I did some um, other programs from the Warrior Project that were, like, um, what do they call it? Physical Health and Wellness. So, I did CrossFit. There was a couple years where I would walk or run a 5K. I did all kinds of like physically demanding as much as I could because I do have like back and feet problems from the Army and all kinds of stuff. But I definitely um, got in touch with my body again, did things like that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, writing. Okay. So, while I was in college, like I just knew I needed something to like help me process kind of like what happened to me and what like I was experiencing at the time. So I always took writing or drawing classes and writing. I really got into like poems and something called documentary poetics, where it's like you write, but you interweave like newspaper articles or news articles or video and like all this different kind of media. So I had a couple poems that were published. That I was really kind of proud of like, wow, I made something beautiful out of like such suffering, you know? So that was really important to me. Um, let me think art now. I mean, in, like, I think I want to be careful that like I'm not 100 percent healed. Like I wish I I wish I could say that, but like every day is still hard. Um, especially like just the the nature of like long term medications in my body for like 13 years. I'm not going to be like completely normal that quickly, you know. So I do have to like every day I have to do something to help me just like live as, much, as best as I can. So I really am focused on diet. Um, I do I try to do yoga I need to do more and now after I hear your later segment I'm gonna (laughs) probably push myself but I do yoga like at least once a week I walk every single day with the dog Um, I do EMDR therapy that really helps me I do hypnosis massage acupuncture when I can get my hands on it so I mean I just think that every day I have to do stuff that keeps me alive and keeps me you know growing and about things and you know i'm just in a a continual process of growth but i think the best part is like now that i don't have all these like chemicals in my system i'm actually feeling everything and i'm not afraid of like feeling something really strong like i've learned to kind of just sit with it and accept it and work with it not be so afraid and try to get rid of it like oh my god take a pill for that like you don't want to feel that so it's like i'm trying to be
0: human again you know and you're looking for natural cures and in our first conversation, you said, what's missing is the spiritual side. Can you yeah. al- talk about that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think at one, at one point in my journey,
2: I read, like, over the course of, like, three years, I read, like, 300 books. And I literally read everything from, like, yoga philosophy to Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, some of that really crazy stuff, like Ascension Studies, uh, like, let's see, but, like, the Handbook for Higher Consciousness, Be Here Now, Eckhart Tolle, Byron Katie, like, just hundreds of books. And basically, like, the conclusion that I came to through reading all those books just for myself was just that, like, everybody is pretty on to it. Like, love is what matters. Like, seeing the truth in people instead of seeing, like, what they do to us. Um, Like, seeing that the world is full of, like, light and happiness. And, like, there is, like, they would say, like, look for the helpers but like, it's hard to remember that when like you're suffering really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So every, you know, I do, I do my best, but like I try to focus on that and like even just sitting still and feeling peace is like a huge blessing compared to where I've been and what kind of suffering that I've experienced just from trauma and medications and, you know, all the stuff I've been through. So just like a moment of peace is like my religion really. It's just, Like, my friends and crying a good cry and just sitting over a cup of tea and connecting with another human being. Like, that is is what I live
0: for now. And that human touch and that interaction. And I did watch a video from somebody that was on your, uh, you were sharing, and I just was watching some things. And how he had been in um, four different psych wards, and I will say that, and had not been touched. No hugging, yeah. no talking, no expression, yeah. and 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 that's what we need right now: someone to talk to, someone who cares and who will listen, and human touch. You know, sometimes you just want someone to hold your hand when you're going through something yeah, dark.
2: Actually, you're bringing tears to my eyes because through the course of all that, I just, I literally lost the ability to like feel close to other people, and you know, they kept telling me like that's PTSD, and then I like, I did not have like an intimate sexual relationship with anyone for like over a decade which like i'm really scary to admit it's scary for me to admit that but like people did not touch me and i did not want to like be in a social situation i did not want to like it was like i lost the ability to even care that that existed as a part of being human so like i've had part of my process is like i had to get a massage therapist that i trusted to say like i just want you to touch me for 10 minutes you know Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm crying.
0: No, you're making me cry, <laughs> I too. That, but, yeah. <laughs> a good therapist, <laughs> and I, I'm going to bring up real quick, too, about men. Medication, what I've learned through what's going on in Kauai and their young men and their older gentlemen who are natives, using medication takes away their masculinity, and when they lose yeah, that I on did. top of everything else. I lost that. Yeah, I, and did, they're I lost my women, femininity, yep. sexuality, the ability to touch other people.
2: I even had, like, a year ago, I, I was interviewed for another pretty major media piece, and I told her, like I said, it's just now that I, like, I want, want to get out of my house or I want, want to do something or, I like, want to have a friend. Like, I haven't wanted to have a friend for, like, over 10 years. Like, it's horrifying. And then when you tell the doctors that, they, they say, like, oh, well, that's, that's part of your PTSD, but I'm sorry, I'm not really convinced of that. I'm just not. Because, like, why all of a sudden do I is that even a thought in my mind where before it wasn't, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, something's missing from my life. I'm 39. I should have a boyfriend and go on dates and have friends like everybody else. But there's that part of me that is missing that I lost because of that, everything I went through, you know, so it's definitely a huge
0: part of this. And the animal therapy is is, is huge. And yeah. I, I did visit a farm on Woodby and that's what they were doing. They were taking vets uh, horseback horseback riding. They were staying at their Airbnb, and just a, a small amount. But those people that are doing those things, and it's nonprofit, you know, we're doing it because yeah. it's the right thing to do, and we're making a difference. But I just, you know, anybody out there that's, that feels, and you could have been in, in war, and maybe you're just having a, a 10 years of not feeling alive anymore, you know. But that, reach for a natural cure, you know, go volunteer somewhere, um, do something that you're, you used to do as a kid, you know, like play music or art or creativity. That's another thing that I find that if you can give people, everybody, something that they love to do that's creative and expressive, that, that makes a difference too. Yeah, and I have to say one more thing. <clears throat> do not, do not, if you're
2: listening to this, do not just stop your meds. Like, please do not do that. This, this took me like over a decade to make this decision and do, you know, and had, I had doctors help me taper. There's a lot of information online. Can I mention a couple sites that help? Sure. Yes, please. Okay. One is the inner compass initiative. Um, and she has a project called the withdrawal project. She's been featured in like the New York times and New Yorker that, that website really educated me on a lot of stuff. Another one is surviving antidepressants and, The next one is Benzodiazepine Information Coalition. And the last one would be Benzobuddies Forum. So all those places basically saved my life.
0: And I'm going to say find a healthcare professional who listens to you, you know, listens to you. I had my doctor call me last year and say, Dina Marie, I retired, but I want to thank you because you were really involved in your care. And when I didn't listen, you came up with some um, research and blah, blah, blah. And we did what I wanted to do. And he helped me with that. Once was just taking a month off from work because I was in pain and I couldn't work anymore. But it's it's you do need a healthcare professional that is good to you. And you, I've fired mine before. I mean, but find someone that will listen and reach out. I know when you're hurting, it's hard to reach out to other human beings. And I also want to say for people that are supporting um, people either on medication or maybe trying to taper off, you got to self-care for yourself because you'll burn out too. And, you know, that's another whole show. But I just really, Angie. I just, I'm so glad, and I, I, I do want to do another show with you later on, and and continue telling your story. And you have some things coming up. I mean, oh yeah, are pretty we po- have, positive.
2: Yeah. So let's see. Graduate in less than 30 days. I cannot wait till that happens. And um, I, I still have to finish my internship, but um, you know, over the summer. But then there's a film coming out called Medicating Normal." Um, we have a Facebook page right now. It's not. It's almost finished. We'll be starting to do screenings across the country that's coming up and there'll be a lot of clips available on YouTube that people can watch and share with a lot of experts in this field talking about like deprescribing and withdrawal syndromes and diagnosis and just like critically thinking about all aspects, you know, what helps and what doesn't, and what can hurt some of us. Cause like I have to say like some people can take meds and they're completely fine. I was just not one of those people and I respect people have to do what is best for them. And I had to do what was best for me. So I just think it's it's important to have an informed choice. Like, you know, we are, these are our own bodies. We can't just give our power over. It's best to learn about all the different um, aspects of healing, kind of like your show. And so that's coming up, and I'm not really sure what else. Like, I'm just kind of, I, I, even my therapist said, like, not having a plan is good. Like, you don't have to have a plan for everything. Oh,
0: and it know? opens you so. up for spontaneity and, and magic yeah. happening, and that's another totally. spiritual side that's a lot more enjoyable to, than force than, you know. We like the flow stuff, but you also know when you're going in the right direction because doors just start to open and the right person's there for you and you're helping me. And um, I know you're helping other people right now. And I I think, too, that's when we wake up and we we live, you know, a a 24 hour whatever. It's nice to go to bed and know that we made a difference. Yeah, totally. And we've all a lot of people been through experiences that I quit being a hypnotherapist because I couldn't go back anymore. I couldn't go back into people's lives. But the Reiki helped. Uh, you know, writing music. I, I come up with these prescriptions. Some are taking your dog for a walk, getting a pet, volunteering, uh, Reiki or massage or any of those things, or, or you know, spending time alone, like you said, without planning anything, and and letting spirit drive. But
2: you know, I, I think. I, go ahead. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of thing that
0: a lot of different things that can help people,
2: and it doesn't have to just be like this one size fits all. Like if you have this, this is what you need to do. Like I had to go through ten thousand things that didn't work before I found stuff that did work for me, but it's just you know how do we do that, and how do we best support ourselves, like being curious about what can help me, what can you know just it's a, it's a journey definitely.
0: And for me, I have a hard time asking for help. But what I say is, you know, if you have one of those days, if you could just look up, just look up. And I always say, help me. (laughs) Just help me. I don't know who's going to come out of the blue, but I went through a dark time and I was random strangers saying the exact right thing. Or or I had I just cried when somebody would pick something off the floor that I dropped. I mean, I was in such a bad place. But when you if you can just look up and say, dear God, help me or whatever you, you pray to. It doesn't even matter. You don't have to pray. But. Set that intention, and you'll be amazed at the people that come into your life. And, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have you back. And one more time, gives them their, some contact for you, the listeners. Um, let's see. You can find me on
2: Facebook. It's Ange A-N-G, and then Peacock, but I don't spell it the same way. It's P-C-O-C-K. On Twitter, I think if you just search Angela Peacock, I'll pop up somewhere. Um, those are the two main places. I need to start blogging. I've just been so busy. So yeah, you're busy going me, to school. <laughs> yeah, you'll find me somewhere, and very soon when, with my writing. If you're listening to this as an archive,
0: and if you go uh, to Angie and then you like her page, she shares a lot. I I just saw so many positive things. You know, thank you for sharing other people's stuff and and and, and sharing the, the the news that things are hopeful. And uh, again, we'll have you back in one more time. In the name of the movie, it's called Medicating
2: Normal. And there's a Facebook page. If you go, hit like. You'll start getting updates pretty soon with, with the screening schedule and uh, clips.
0: Yeah, you go to school and have a great day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nina. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Stay tuned. You listening to Lift Your Spirits. We'll be right back. Me up in
3: red. I'm on fire, but I'm not dead. As I watch the sun go down,
4: the moon becomes my
3: lover. of green.
1: nothing to be seen. All, all all the gold. Join us for the ninth annual Green Home Tour on May 4th and 5th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. Free fun for the whole family, this self-guided tour features green-built remodels and new homes from Seattle to Olympia and beyond with over 40 sites. To download your tour map, visit nwgreenhometour.org. Get inspired by projects from all shades of green, from kitchen remodels to passive homes. Learn how to go solar, conserve water, lower energy bills, create a healthy home environment, and discover new ways to live more lightly on the earth. The Northwest Green Home Tour is presented by the Northwest Eco Building Guild, Green Home Solutions, City of Tacoma Environmental Services, Generations Credit Union, and Olympia Federal Credit Union. Register for tickets at nwgreenhometour.org and enter to win raffle prizes.
3: Hope to see you there. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Dina Marie, you've heard me talking about writing songs with Mr. Van Conner. Well, I'm happy to say that our album is out now.
3: It's called Coming
1: Back Again, and it features songs like Legacy of Green, Silent Universe, and the title track Coming Back Again.
0: Our album Coming Back Again is now available for streaming and purchase at your favorite online retailer, including iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, and many more.
1: Go to dina-marie.com, that's dina-marie.com for a full list of retailers. Watching
3: the sunrise, an ocean stands between us, look into the sky. Think of second chances, look into the past, a thousand
1: miles between us.
0: Thank you for joining us this morning. I have to tell a story real quick. I know a couple, Judy and Jeff Milton. Uh, Jeff has been on the show, actually with Van Conner. That's pretty crazy. And um, then we had Judy on the show. Jeff uh, and Judy lost their son. It was tragic, and then Jeff went through some stuff, and and, and Van and Jeff shared their story, and then Judy decided to take up yoga and teaching it to first responders, and joining us this morning is Olivia Mead. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Who started that program? You say who started that program? Yeah. First responders yoga. That
4: that, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that would be me. Um, I started this program, uh, in 2013 in Los Angeles. Uh, I've been a yoga teacher, uh, for the past 16 years since, uh, 2003, but, you know, I really think, um, part of the yoga practice is being of service, you know, and having our karma yoga. And I really, you know, I was teaching in those yoga studios, the trendy yoga studios in LA and New York and Vegas, where I had been living the past 16 years and, um, it, it wasn't serving my heart completely, you know, it, 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 to kind of have that westernized, uh, typical yoga studio that I think people kind of have in their heads. And, and it wasn't serving me, and I wanted to serve my community. I really wanted to serve a population that is uh, always there for us when we need them. And I actually started by teaching yoga specifically to veterans of post-traumatic stress as well as active military and that kind of funneled into first responders specifically. Um, so I started by volunteering at Los Angeles Fire Department. And, and you know, it it grew from there quite uh, exponentially and unexpectedly um, because it, it was working. So it was effective. We were getting buy-in, and the demand started to grow for it. So what were the first signs
0: that it may be helping them to you? That, that they were coming to class, you know.
4: <laughs> And, and they kept coming to class. And, you know, when I, when I, first, uh, when I first was you know, given the permission to come in and volunteer at LAFD, their biggest concern was buy-in of, of who's going to show up. And, you know, they gave me a chance because of my background teaching vets and military, and also I had extensive talks and intervie- interviews with them. And they said to me that they're, you know, we're just afraid no one's going to show up. And I told them, I said, if no one shows up to the training center for yoga, I'm still going to do yoga in the space so people can see that yoga is happening from 12 to one Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I'll tell you what, I was there you know, a couple years and um, there was only one time no one showed up. And that's because they had a Taco Tuesday <laughs> with a taco truck come in. And I totally get it. I understand that Taco Tuesday can trump yoga sometimes. But uh, people were coming. They were telling me that you know, anecdotally, that they were they were sleeping at night, they were enjoying it. And it wasn't just the effectiveness of yoga, but the way I was presenting it. And that's what's different, what makes us distinct, is that the branding and marketing of yoga uh, commonly in the West is, is branded towards women. And so we're branding it towards the warrior culture. Uh, that's how we're presenting it. And I think that's why we're getting that buy-in.
0: Well, and you brought up sleep, which Angie and I did not bring up, which is huge for for, oh, for yeah. first responders. If they're not sleeping, they're not going to be able to go to work the next day if it's a long term.
4: Oh, God. I mean, and that's just the beginning. You know, a uh, lack of sleep or sleep recovery or effective recovery, um, it's going to affect your performance. It's going to affect affect your brain. It's going to affect your, your personal life, your joy. It's, it's the beginning of the end if you don't have effective sleep and recovery. You know, one of the things I say is that you are only as resilient as your ability to recover, and that includes effective sleep. And so what we're really trying to do is, with yoga is turn the system on when it needs to be on and effectively be with stress, and then know how to effectively recover afterwards.
0: And if they get a good night's sleep, and that's maybe from the yoga, that's one, a major reason to continue doing it.
4: Absolutely. You know, there has to be proper activation and proper uh, regulation afterwards. And, and yoga teaches both. I think there's this common misconception that yoga is sort of all passive, um, maybe laying on the mat and all about relaxation. When yoga is really training you to be elite in all aspects, including during challenges. So the more effective and, and when you know how to be on, right, we don't want them to be hyper vigilant. That's kind of your system being out of your control when it's activated so we want to teach how to be in activation how to be um, on and and working with stress and then the flip side of that coin is how to be off duty as well effectively they both kind of need each other uh to have that um effectiveness in in both both areas
0: and then we were talking about anxiety and breathing so of course it's going to affect all of their life oh god yeah i mean
4: You know, I I was telling you earlier that I like to describe um, our tactical breathwork techniques as turning the calm button on the nervous system. So if there are a few ingredients in place, this is something anyone can do just for like a minute or so. But if you breathe through your nose and you breathe into your belly and you make sure your exhale is longer than your inhale, those are the ingredients you need to turn the calm button on your system. You know, our nervous system and brain and body is, is, a, is a machine, essentially. It's a system. And there is a, a manual to it. We're just not taught that there is a manual or how to read it, you know? And that's what yoga's doing, is it's teaching you the manual of your own self.
0: And I love going on retreats because by the time you're done, you remember all the things you're supposed to do, and then you can incorporate it when you go home. But a daily practice or yeah. every other day is amazing. And just thinking, of like, uh, about the, the monkey mind they call it, but it's just it's the chatter and and I think for me yoga mm-hmm. you get back into your body and then you might even talk to your body saying, "ow oh, my knee hurts or I you know I'm tired but what happens when you quiet your mind? What happens when you quiet your mind? what happens?
4: Well gosh, you know that the, the mind affects everything. So the nervous system, the body it's going to follow the mind around like a, a puppy right and that's a very very like basic understanding of post-traumatic stress is that our physical body is here, but our mind and nervous system is somewhere else, right? So even if I'm in a perfectly safe space, but my mind starts to trail to a stressor or a traumatic event, the nervous system and your emotions are going to react to that, right? Not where the body is. So what we're doing with mindfulness or quieting the monkey mind is taking the mind from out there or in the past or the future or the things that don't exist and then bringing it here and right now in an alert, present state. And when you're in an alert presence in this moment, 99% of the time we're okay, right? 99% of the time we're safe, especially for the average citizen. And then say you're in a position where you're not safe, something's wrong in that present moment. If you're truly mindful, then you can effectively help yourself or help someone else. And so that's how it comes kind of back with first responders is that their present moment is probably more dangerous than the average citizen, right? But if they're completely mindful in that moment, they can be extremely effective. This is brain science, where you make decisions from verbal communication, right? Uh, starting to interpret visual stimuli. If you're more effective that way, so you can actually do your job better. And then you know how to quiet the mind afterwards so your brain doesn't stay in that emergency state.
0: And I, that was beautiful. You just said because I, even people in traffic right now, still, if you can quiet your mind, right, because your body's responding oh, yeah. to all your thoughts and where you're going and this and that, that's when you're – I call it your small, still voice. I don't even know what the words are for it. But it's it's this, this brilliant aha moment where your light bulb goes off. And if you're in a mm-hmm. – maybe you are a soldier. Maybe it, you can – literally save someone's life with that quick instinct that basically you can't get when you're, 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 you're stressed out. Right. And and I think the word
4: for it is whatever you want the word to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a proper word. I like to give alternate words for a lot of these buzzwords nowadays, like mindfulness and resilience, right? So whatever word's going to, for your understanding, I think it's going to be perfect. So I like that small, quiet voice is a great way of describing it. I like to use alert presence for mindfulness. Um, I like to think of robustness or psychological, psychophysiological endurance for resilience. So whatever is going to match your experience of it, I think that's a great phrase or word to use.
0: And I was for about I say hunch. I got a hunch. <laughs> it's a good business deal. It's a hunch, but yeah. Again, I don't. I, there's words are just words, but. I think that yoga is an amazing, and, and, and I, I'll say there's yoga, reiki, and chakras. And uh, 10 years ago when I said any of those words, it, it kind of made people not want to be in the same room with me and do some of my exercises. <laughs> and now, you know, yoga and chakras are really close, and it's just energy and, and you know, getting in touch it's with awesome, your body, yeah. quieting your mind, and, and then stretching. Because we also got to talk about the strength you get from doing these, this, mm-hmm. these poses. these yeah,
4: yeah, you know, and you said it perfectly with energy. The one thing that we all have in common is energy, right? Everything's vibrating, and um and so that's the chakra system and yoga. So it all centers around energy. And I think, you know, like you said, ten years ago, you probably wouldn't have get gotten such a great response. Is that I think people are understanding that wow, this is even cops. You know, they're like nothing's working for me. I think, you know, when I was brought into Los Angeles Police Department, I kind of joked a little bit because they you know their um, their high command staff they were losing them to heart heart attack because the stress was so high and it's kind of like their last resort they called me in as a yoga teacher they didn't know what else to do right They've tried everything. So I think that everyone's kind of turning to these energetic practices now because they're the, they're the thing that's actually working now when, when everything else has failed and, and you know you mentioned the body as well. You know, the real intention of yoga is optimal functioning of the whole system, psychophysiological. So that includes the body. Um, we, well, The body and the mind are going to affect each other, and, and they're going to affect the nervous system. So if I don't take care of my body, the stress is going to remain in the tissues, and that's where the immobility comes from, and that's where the uncomfortableness comes from. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but if I don't do my yoga practice for a few days because of work or, you know, Busyness we all have, I start to feel it mentally. You know, I start to feel unhappy, uncomfortable. I'm irritable, and then I have to think about when was the last time I got to my yoga mat. And there's the answer for me. You know,
0: I exercise for my mind because that's when everything opens up for me. I have my kids say, "Mom, (laughs) go, go now." You know, it's really important for me, and that's where I get I, I get all my insight. That's where I get my ideas and. I have to bring up the the heart chakra. Let's bring up the heart chakra with men, and you you were saying heart attacks. I call it the broken heart syndrome, but I love Jeff. Mm -hmm. Jeff Milton, bless his beautiful heart, because now he knows how important it is to express yourself, and I think that's the message he's relaying to other firefighters is that after a call, after things happen to us, we have got to talk about it or get some help or go to counseling, and I did Reiki at Pioneer Square, it's down in Seattle, it was Mobile Reiki. And we were doing Reiki with firefighters because it, w- it was their event. And at first, we're weird, right? But you can't mm-hmm. see it because it's energy and it's opening your heart. And and that's the, the main um, valve, right, between your head mm-hmm. and your body. And so right now, men being able to express themselves, that's why, you know, um, with Angie writing um, poems or Van um, writing music and me writing with him, it it opens that part of yourself, that uh, expression, so I, the heart yeah, chakra and, and
4: I would like, I want to, you know, kind of back that up with not only the heart being open to express, but let's encourage the other people are like around. And I think it might even start with this is to open your heart to listen, because if someone's opening their heart to express and they what they're receiving is either being made fun of or not being or or, or someone sort of trying to fix what they're expressing you know if we're just open to sit there and listen to someone's expression or whatever that is I think that's an important piece too and I think that everyone might be more willing to open and and someone someone's heart and throat chakra need to be open to be able to receive messages as well you know so you don't you can open it just thinking of or working on that thinking of how you're serving other people by having that open energy And then maybe the next step would be you expressing yourself, if that makes
0: sense. Oh, it does make sense, especially when I express something (laughs) on Facebook that I think is just fairly innocent. And it turns out that I get shut down by people I love, you know, so I understand the whole listening thing is so important. And we're all so different and we all have different views, you know, and there's a point where you can pull some aside and have a conversation, agree to disagree. But You're right. That throat chakra and that heart chakra are so essential right now. Uh, that's how we get to our higher chakras, right? By opening up and talking right. about how we feel and being passionate and, and having a purpose and letting other people have their purposes and their passions there. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, no, it's true. And and this kind of goes back to the buy-in or acceptance of, um, you know, first responders doing this stuff as well, is that it's okay for everyone to have a different path of expression. And, and even, I'll tell you the story when I would teach yoga there was a student I had in the police academy, loved it, loved it, loved it. Everything was great, right? And we did a survey at the end, and he said, yes, I'll recommend yoga to other officers, and yes, it should be in the department always. And then the very last line was, "Will you continue to practice yoga?" And he said, no. And, I, and so I actually wrote a follow-up email. I' was like, "What's that about? You know, mm-hmm. you were such a fan. And he said, "Oh, because I'm I bicycle, I'm a cyclist, and I do the exact same thing that you are teaching when I'm on my bike, I'm doing my breath work. I'm doing my, we have a different, we don't call it mantra. We call it something else, but it's basically mantra practice. And I'm like, you know what? Great. That so everyone can have a different path of expression or a different path of healing or, or ability to stay balanced. And I think our job as people of the world, right? We all need to support each other is to be cool unless someone's hurting someone. Be cool with someone else's journey and path, whether it's yoga or cycling or running. Listen, I, I'm i not a runner. I only run when chase, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to tell someone else you're a fool for running, right? We all have our own experience. And, and you mentioned Facebook and posting and stuff. God, it's, that is really where we see people's uh, egos and shut down consciousness uh, in, in full form, you know? And because behind a a computer, it's so easy for the closed mind and heart and ego to take the driver's seat.
0: So that Um, open-minded is an amazing place to be because you don't have to take it in and bring it into your life. But let's just think about being open-minded. And you get that in yoga.
4: I think so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, first step, you got to be open-minded to step on a yoga
0: mat and know why you're there, (laughs) you know.
4: (laughs) No, I'm not here to to try to stretch my hamstring. I'm here to to try to stretch my, my spirit.
0: There, I love that. And uh, I was so uh, stoked because you're doing something in Seattle. It's sold out so quickly. So give everybody your uh, contact so they can reach out to you if you come back or you're doing something around the country that they can participate yeah, in. Yeah,
4: absolutely. So it's yogaforfirstresponders.org. Same name on all of the social media platforms. Um, You can, If you have any questions, you can email our organization. It's info, I-N-F-O, at yogaforfirstresponders.org. And we have a training coming up uh, in Seattle at the fire department. And, yeah, unexpectedly, we got some good press, and so unexpectedly it sold out very, very quickly. But we do have a training coming up in the fall, and this is the first time I'm telling people that it's going to be in Texas. We haven't announced that yet, so if you're listening, it's going to be in Texas. And if we have enough demand back in Seattle, we would love to come back to Seattle um, in the future.
0: Well, I just want to thank you and Judy Milton, who is now teaching and doing first responders work, and Jeff Milton for, I just love, I love them. I, I'm, I'm calling them Earth yeah, Angels I love right they're, now. <laughs> they're
4: fabulous. We've had a great time with them. And Judy came to our training at Chicago Police Department and uh, hoping to make uh, her a really robust teacher in the Seattle area.
0: Oh, the story will continue. So thank you, Olivia, and... Uh, I'll watch you on Facebook.
4: <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks so much for talking. I appreciate it. Yay.
0: Well, uh, if you want to reach out to me, it's Dina at Dina-Marie.com. Uh, our album's on on there. You can go to that website and check me out on Facebook, Instagram. But, yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited that I got those two people on the show, and I wish everyone a great week. Join us next week for more people, place, and activities that will lift your spirits. All the cold that weighs
3: me down. All the cold that weighs me down. All the cold that weighs me down